What a thrill to be able to stand before you today, first day of the week. What a gift that Mark has to lead singing. I, I say that because this past week I got a little postcard in the mail that was advertising for the Texas Normal Singing School. And they have a class down there. Not that I'm saying you need to go to that, but I was reminded that, <laughs> that they train people to be song leaders. And there are these classes that are given from time to time. And I was in one maybe 35 years ago. I wish I'd paid more attention. But it is a gift to be able to stand up and lead a song. We all sing, amen? We all love to sing. But to be able to stand in front of a microphone or in front of a crowd, it can be frightening. Ask me, I know. But it is a gift to be able to stand in front of people and to lead, to lead singing, to have that ability. And I'm, I'm glad you're using that gift. You do a wonderful job of it. And I hope that whatever was in the water, that I did not drink that today. <laughs> it is good to be here. And those who are joining us out on the interweb, we're glad that you are with us as well. We hope that the time will come when, because of the vaccine, that more and more people are able to be with us as this settles down. I'm not going to even say that word of the reasons why the virus, but uh, we're glad that more and more people are joining us all the time, and we do hope and pray that this will come to a swift and speedy end. But whatever that is, uh, we pray that until that time that we will remain strong. The book of Daniel, the first six chapters stand in contrast to the last several chapters of the book. And sometimes we, we look at this and think, these are great children's stories, and they are for sure. And especially when we come to chapter 3. But is it just a children's story? I love the story. I was telling Janine that I don't often preach from the book of Daniel outside of what is talked about in chapter 2 about God setting up those four kingdoms. And the last one, and the fourth one is where he's going to establish the kingdom. And I, I ride that one a lot. But there are so many inspirational passages within the book of Daniel in the first six chapters about overcoming. If you have your bulletins, you'll see that there is a, an outline this week. And within that is, is the passage that is taken today. It's just really one verse that I've taken to, to break this down. in which he says in verse 17, If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Our God, whom we serve, is able. That's the, that's the title of this. And so as we look at the book of, the book of Stan, Daniel, it stands as a testament in about the 5th century before Christ. And remember, these, these young men that are talked about, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which is the name that was given to them by the Babylonians. Many years ago, 
I recall being at a youth rally in which they told us an easy way to remember the three names are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is shake the bed, make the bed, and to bed we go. <laughs> I'll pause so you can all write that down. You can remember that. But all four of those, Daniel is actually known as Belteshar. That was the name that was given to him by Nebuchadnezzar. But he is typically known as, as Daniel throughout the book. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are three young men. We don't know exactly how old they were, but they were young, younger, younger than me for sure. But to be able to be young men at that age, which many people believe they were in their teens, but to make a statement that our God whom we serve is able to rescue us. So in essence, this really is a a sermon for all ages, but I'll focus on our young people today. So those who don't feel young, take a nap. No, no, don't. But it is a lesson for all of us. And imagine as a teenager today, you know, in many, many senses of, the, uh, of our social construct, it's about standing out, being an individual, being unique either with our hairstyles or our clothes or the way that we live our lives. It's all about being the individual. But imagine in that day, you're going to be an individual and tell the king, we are not going to do what you tell us. Well, that's all about what being a teenager is all about, right? We're not going to do what you tell us. But to tell the king, the king of, at the time, the greatest empire of the world, we are not going to bow down to your object. Our God whom we serve. There's so much information just in, in that verse 17 as we look at it. And so, in essence, they're saying there are gods that we don't serve. Who isn't our God? Well, in verse 1, to put us in context of Daniel chapter 3, we're told that King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its breadth 6 cubits. He set it up on the plain of Durah in the province of Babylon. And this was one of the gods that they were not going to serve. Now, for you who are mathematicians who like to do the, the figuring out of this, 60 cubits. And a cubit is typically a foot and a half. So you have an image that is 90 feet tall. Now imagine something that's 90 feet tall. You'll have to look around and see, well, some of our transmission radio towers around town are 90 feet high, maybe some of our water towers. So you're getting an idea of how big this image is that he sets up, and he makes it out of gold. And this is the image that they are going to worship. And what was the presence of mind of these three young men who said, we are not going to do this? Was it just because they were oppositional and they were teenagers, being typical teens? No. They had a foundation of their life. It may be, now remember, and we're going to get into this a little bit later on, of where they had come from. They were captives who had been taken out of Jerusalem. But they had been taught from the law 
the Ten Commandments. In this was from Exodus chapter 20, verses 4 and 5. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water underneath the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of our fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. And he was visiting his iniquity upon those generations that followed from Jerusalem and Judea, and especially the northern tribes. His iniquity is upon them. Why? Because they had taken on to worshiping the idols, the Ashtoreth and Baals, and they paid the price for it. But somewhere in that, these young men learned the lesson not to bow down to them. It is so interesting in the book of Isaiah that several passages within Isaiah talks about the, the foolishness of idolatry and, and how silly it was. I've chosen one from Isaiah chapter 44 in which he goes through the, the chapter and describes of, of, of the, the lunacy of what it was like to have idols. I pick it up in verse 16 of Isaiah chapter 44. He says, he's gone out to cut a piece of wood from the forest. Half of it he burns in a fire. Over the half he eats meat. He roasts it and is satisfied. Also he warms himself and says, Aha, I am warm, I have seen the fire. And the rest of it he makes into a god, his idol, and falls down to it and worships it. He prays to it and says, Deliver me, for you are my god. It's rather funny when you think about it. You have a chunk of wood, and let's just say, for argument's sake, that it's four feet long. You cut it in two, and that's two feet. And one of it, he builds a fire, warms himself, and eats his food over it. And the other half he makes into his idol. He says, you are my God. The very thing that God said, you shall not make an image to this. The idols of the world. Who isn't our God? Well, our God is not the God of man's magicians, enchanters, and sorcerers. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 2, we find that I'll find it here in my passage. In Daniel chapter 2, it is Nebuchadnezzar's dream that he is, he is having. And Nebuchadnezzar believes that he can find the interpretation by calling in all of these. Listen how they're described. Then the king commanded that the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans. Now, some of yours may, may use a different word for the Chaldeans, but Chaldeans were typically the astrologers. They were an interesting conversation we had in Donato's class about three or four weeks ago. So we talked about the difference between a Chaldean and a Babylonian because different versions use them. But here it's indicative of those people who were astrologers. Well, the gods that we worship are not those who are given to being magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, or even the Chaldeans in all of this. And we find those at different points in Daniel chapter 1, Daniel chapter 2, and Daniel chapter 3. In Daniel chapter 1, most of our reading is going to be within the book of Daniel today, so you won't have to flip too far back and forth. In Daniel chapter 1 and verse 17, it talks about the four youths, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It says, as for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom, 
And Daniel had understanding in all visions. And we drop down to verse 20. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. And yet, Nebuchadnezzar keeps going back to those people for his advice. And you think he's going to learn from all of this. But he is not the god of magicians and enchanters. And this came to be a rather sore spot in, in within our reading in Daniel chapter 3 and verse 8. You wonder why it is that these three were picked out. Because perhaps there were others. But in, in that crowd of people, only these three are picked out. In verse 8, we find, Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans... Remember, the Chaldeans are the astrologers of that time. Certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. Why do you think they maliciously accused these three young boys in particular? little jealousy there? The fact that they did not bow down to that and the others were forced to? But these Chaldeans, these astrologers, as it were, who worshipped the false gods, but that's not the god that they worshipped. In Daniel chapter 4 and verse 7, we see then the magicians, the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and astrologers came in, and I told them the dream, but they could not make it known to me in its interpretation. You see, Nebuchadnezzar has another dream. He brings in these people. He is just not learning from this of who he can turn to for his help. But he will, eventually. The third point is, who is our God? And I might have read over that time and time again without realizing that within that pronoun, because it isn't said, my God is able to deliver us, or his God's able to deliver us. He says, our God is able to deliver. He's not talking about those who had already bowed down. He's talking about the three friends right there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Our God. Now how significant is that? We have several young people here today. The greatest strength that our children can have in faith, of course, is God. But learning that we are a family. To learning that there is a link between other children their age. Our God. To form a union of faith. Because they will, uh, and now young people, plug your ears because you're not going to want to hear this right now. Because one day you'll leave your house and you'll be at the peril of the world that is out there. You see, we're, we're pretty safe in here right now. To my knowledge, I'll check with the person who's doing security, no one has tried to knock down the door and suppress the truth in here today. And we're safe 
within these walls. And you are safe at home. But there is going to come a time when you are out there in that world and the pressure and our young people that have gone on to college and are here visiting with us today can tell you that they are standing alone out there in their beliefs. But when we are together, and Solomon would write, a three-strand cord cannot be broken. Standing together, our God is able to deliver. And I'm so happy that more and more people are coming back to us now. And those who are out can attest that it is tough. Our faith is challenged in this time when we cannot get together. It is challenged. You think, it's not that big of a deal. I, my... It is. It is a great thing that we can do to come together in ways that we cannot even comprehend. But we're beginning to, under, to understand this. Who is our God? He is the God who reigns. If we turn back to Daniel chapter 2 and verse 28, for a moment, as Daniel is explaining to King Nebuchadnezzar about his dream, and Daniel is going to deflect the attention from himself, because he says, it isn't me. I'm not the one who can do this, even though God had given him this gift. He recognizes that this gift is a gift from God. I'll back up one verse to verse 27. Daniel answered the king and said, No wise men, enchanters, magicians, or astrologers can show the king the mystery that the king has asked. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions in your head as you lay in bed are these. There is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. There is a God in heaven who reigns. And there is a God in heaven who rules. Back up to verse 21. When Daniel says, He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. I may cast a vote on election day. But who is it that sets up kings and kingdoms? Now, lest you think, well, that person who got elected is God's choice. That's the one he really wanted. I can't answer all of those questions. But I know that God establishes kings and kingdoms for his will. But he also tears them down. Because he likes to play games? No. Because they do not do his will. He's a God who reigns. He's a God who reveals. And he's a God that rules. You see, God rules in the kingdoms of men today. Those three young men knew this. Our God. I mentioned earlier of where they had gotten this from. And it is obvious that this happened to them while they were still in Judea. You see, not everyone 
was given up to idolatry. In Ezekiel chapter 9 and verse 4, Ezekiel is having a vision in which he is told that there are people who are going to be given a mark. And this mark is a mark of protection. In Ezekiel chapter, chapter 9 and verse 4, the Lord said to him, Pass through the city, through Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and groan over all the abominations that are committed in it. And who do you suppose were those who received that mark? Was it a physical mark? No. This is an apocalyptic vision, a prophetic language here. It would have been the likes of Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and all those who groaned over the abominations. Those who knew the difference between right and wrong. And how did they know the difference between right and wrong? Well, they just woke up one morning and it occurred to them. Anybody believe that? Let the record show that no hands went up in this because we know better than this. We know that they learned this because they were taught by people who knew the truth, who would not be deceived. You see, they were God's servants, not Nebuchadnezzar's servants. Daniel says in Daniel chapter 1 and verse, verses 12 and 13, as Daniel is going to show them the difference between those who were servants of God and servants of Nebuchadnezzar. He says, test your servants. Even though Daniel knew that he was a slave at the time. Test your servants for ten days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of our youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. Though they were slaves and servants in Nebuchadnezzar's court, they had a different code by which they lived and were willing to show the world that they did. Verse 18 of Daniel chapter 3. It tells us that they stood. They stood for something in their lives and would not bow down to it. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. We are willing to stand up. We are willing to give our lives. He may deliver us out of this, but if not, we are still not going to serve you. I think of what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6. I love this passage, and I mention it many times in scriptures, where it talks about the armor of God of which he has given to us. Why are we given the armor of God? He tells us in verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the schemes of the devil. You might be able to stand against anything that is coming into your life. And we need to encourage our young people. We need to stand behind them and we need to teach them that you can be an individual and you can stand. Why? Because God is able to deliver us. 
In our study in the book of Revelation on Wednesday evenings, which you can tune into our Facebook and our our what is in that water today? <laughs> our website. <laughs> on our Facebook page and our website. You can see this. And that's the message that comes out of the book of Revelation. Number one, we win in that God is able to deliver them through this. If you will stand. Well, we know that God is able to deliver us. We have the Bible that stands as a testament for us to show this. When Abraham was told at the age of 90 that he would have a son, he was told again later on that he had a son. When he became 100 and he was told this, he wondered. But God said, is anything too difficult for the Lord? Is anything too difficult for the Lord who created this universe and everything that's in it? God is able to deliver us. Hebrews chapter 11, if you'd like more ammunition to see if God is able to deliver. And when you get about halfway down, notice that some people were martyred for their faith. But God was able to deliver them. And we know because he promised. In Daniel chapter 2, God had promised about this coming kingdom centuries into the future of which no one had any idea but it was revealed to Daniel in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 45 he says just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand and that it broke in pieces the iron the bronze the clay the silver and the gold he's talking about those four kingdoms that existed a great God has made known to the king what shall be after this the dream is certain and its interpretation is sure that God had promised that this would happen. And he followed through on his promise. And I think that God protects. I believe, I know that God protects his people. We come down to Daniel chapter 6 and verse 22. Chapter 6 known as the chapter of Daniel in the lion's den. As the king comes down to see if Daniel had survived, and he sees that he has. And Daniel says, My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Our God is able, and he will protect us. Oh, we may suffer physical harm, but he is able to see us through to the end in eternity if we will but hold strong and become conquerors. Remember that each of the seven churches in Revelation, for the one who overcomes, your version may say conquer. For the one who overcomes, and look at the blessings and promises that are given to each of those. And those promises are for us as well. Our God will protect us, and we can overcome. He will deliver us. He may not deliver us from the danger. We will endure certain things. 
He may not deliver us even from death. As we have seen in the book of Acts that his beloved disciples were murdered. But he will see us through until that day. A story just for kids in the book of Daniel? No. It's a story for those of any age. And I hope that you will take this lesson with you now as we close and are ready for the invitation. The great invitation to know that there is a God who is able to deliver us. And he is able to deliver us through his son who gave all. That we may share in the glory in eternity one day. If that's the God that you would like to serve and you're not serving him now, let us know that we can help in any way. As together we stand and sing. The mighty fortress is our God.